Do my kids seem to be okay? Do we seem to be okay? Is there harmony in my family? And if so, then I don't need to worry about what that influencer is doing that I follow. I can trust that this must be working out okay for us. Hey everyone, this is Modern Life, a brand new podcast from Fidelity Investments here to help you live your best life. I'm your host, Jamila Souffrant. Deciding whether or not to have children is a major life question. To many, the idea of becoming a parent seems daunting. Can I afford kids? Do I even want kids? Or do I like my lifestyle as it is? For others, parenthood was never really a question. It really is their dream and the rest of their lives are made better by bringing kids into the equation. My guest today falls into that camp. Jen Fulwiler is a talented stand-up comedian who's racked up millions of views for her comedy on TikTok and Instagram. She's also the host of her own podcast and has an hour-long comedy special on Amazon Prime called The Naughty Corner. Much of Jen's routine revolves around the topic of parenting and family which makes sense since she's the mother of six, whose own family presents her with endless material for comedy. We'll talk about how she got into comedy, how she balances parenting and her work, and what financial lessons she's learned along the way. Jen Fulweiler, thanks so much for being here to talk about parenting. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so how did you get into comedy. How did you first know that you were funny enough to be on stage and to share that with the world? You know, it was a lot of experimenting. I think a lot of us find our callings just through experimenting, through trial and error. And way back in the day when I was in my 20s, I worked as a programmer, but I just started a website where I would write humorous things. And I just got a big response. And it just seemed like there was a a need for this. I was helping people. People said it, it made their day to get a little bit of laugh. And I ended up on the radio. And I would try to tackle serious topics. And I would think, man, I really killed that topic. Boy, people, that's going to change people's minds. And then the feedback I would get is just that I was funny. And that's all people liked. And I thought, okay, I'm getting the message here that maybe it's very clear to me what people want me to do here. And so I transitioned into stand-up comedy. Now, did you start pursuing comedy as your profession before or after you started having kids? It was after, actually. Mm -hmm. I had six kids when I went into stand-up. Now, again, I'd I'd been doing humor writing, using humor on the radio, but traditional stand-up comedy, I actually already had all the six kids when I started that. That is impressive (laughs) because... (laughs) Very unusual. (laughs) Well, because I'm just thinking, I have three kids, so not like half of yours, and like I'm exhausted and (laughs) already. And the fact that you chose to pursue like this career path after having six is impressive. (laughs) And now I want to know how you had the energy and courage to do that. The energy thing, this is actually something I tell parents all the time, is that when you discover some kind of gifting, it gives you energy when you do it. Writing stand-up, my mom would watch the kids and my husband and I would go down to a comedy club. I'd be on the stage at 11 p.m. You have to get up early with the kids the next day. But it gave me energy when people say, how did you do that with all those kids, I would say that that's how I got through the difficult times is that I had this calling that gave me energy. And it can be any kind of calling. You know, that's such a great point, because there's something that probably a parent or mom wants to do, and they think it's going to take them away from being a parent when really, 
it's going to energize them to be a better parent. Right. And it, it brought a wave of energy into my whole family when I started doing stand-up. My kids have actually given me great feedback on my stand-up comedy sets. And so everything I've done in my career, I always see it as a family project. And my husband, the same. And the work he does and the work I do, we see everything as we do this as a family. And so how did you transition from starting out, not having a following, really learning the craft to where you are today. You didn't always have yeah. a, million, a million views, <laughs> right? And, right? I mean, how did you do that? It, it was really slow over time because, so I had six babies in eight years. So when I was in the midst of having all these babies, I was just blogging and I, I would just do things like that little bit of Instagram at that time because that is all I could handle at that time in my life. But then I, I developed a small fan base and then that turned into, I wrote a couple of books, got on the radio. And as soon as I transitioned into comedy, that small fan base turned into something much bigger because people started telling their friends, you should check out this comedy. So for me, it was a very organic step-by-step process that really took about 10 years to come together. And this is another thing I always tell parents, you have to do in terms of pursuing hobbies or passions, you have to do it at the level that's right for you at the time. Well, when did you know, though, that you could make this into something that you can make money from and that could support your family? It was when I did my first stand-up comedy tour. I was relatively new on the comedy scene and a lot of the clubs and things, they, they hadn't heard of me. So I was trying to get booked at clubs and just wasn't, understandably, I wasn't getting much of a response. But I, I thought my fans would like this and I thought there was a need for comedy from this perspective because there aren't a whole lot of women in this field, period, let alone bringing a big family minivan driving perspective. So I just went out and I actually Googled Rent Theater in Columbus, Ohio. I would cold call that theater and say, can I put down my personal credit card to rent the theater? These people didn't know what to do with me, but they let me do it. It was the most haphazard slap together thing. We probably would have been in bankruptcy if I had not been able to sell tickets. But so I, I self-produced my own tour out of 14 events, 12 sold out. Some of them sold out in like 12 hours. And so that it was a very successful tour. And for me, that confirmed that there is a real need here because even people who'd never heard of me were coming out to the tour. And I said, yeah, I, you know, a, a lot of families are struggling. They have real problems. And being able to go out for a night and just laugh at someone who can relate to their experience, there's a need for it. And for you now, juggling your career and your passions and being a mom, can you talk about that struggle? Because what happens for you know people who are considering having kids is they think that they may not be able to do both or right. something has to get sacrificed. Yeah. Oh, Jamila, this is such a, this is a topic near and dear to my heart. One of the things I talk about in my comedy a lot is women were meant to raise children in tribal communities. I studied anthropology in college, and I thought it was so interesting that when you look at any family, any time and place in human history, for all of human history except for the modern era, people lived in, in close-knit communities where you'd have your sister next door or whatever, and then your, your grand grandmother would live with you to hold the baby and and women gathered water together they washed clothes together they prepped food together we weren't meant to raise kids in isolation and if you are holding yourself to the modern instagram perfectionist standard you are going to walk around feeling like a failure 24 7 and so i i tell people who are thinking about parenthood and they're overwhelmed by it you are going to do it badly you are going to to fail by our modern society standards but I think you can really count on the fact if you genuinely love your kids and love your family and just do the best you can each day, whatever that looks like, I truly believe it's all going to work out. And talk about isolation and being in this pandemic. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I man. feel for especially for new moms. Yeah. Oh, right. Like yeah. that had babies yeah. in this pandemic and, you know, have toddlers and you 
they didn't get the experience of having a community, yeah. you know. So I'd love to talk to those uh, parents right now or just parents who are not thinking about having more and it's stopping them because they're thinking this is such a lonely road. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. I, I always tell people that that depression and anxiety that so many parents are wrestling with, it's not your fault. And I just know so many moms. I hear from a lot of moms and they're beating themselves up every day. They're saying, we did Cheetos for lunch again. And I, I yelled at the kids and, you know, the couch was wet and I didn't even find out why today. <laughs> and I always say like, look, this is your A game right now, living in a pandemic. And so I, I, I always want to make sure that parents understand how hard this is right now. If it feels hard, it's because it is hard. And that kind of isolation, it's very unnatural in human history. It, it, it really wears on you psychologically. And so, you know, yeah, if you find that you're spending a couple hours a day on scrolling social media, like maybe it's not that you're lazy or bad, or maybe you're searching for that community that you desperately need and are not finding. You know, that really resonated with me when I was looking through your work, because oftentimes as we're scrolling, there's this guilt oh, we should be doing something different. We should be crafting and baking something for yeah, the kids. Yeah, I'm right. like, I don't want to do that. Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah, 100%. And I, I think it's time for all of us as parents, especially as moms, to say, look, I'm only one person. And yeah, there might be some things lacking, but that's not my fault. It's because we're living in isolation. And so the best thing I can do right now is to just bring my best self to each day and and just accept that these standards that I'm holding myself to are just not realistic for someone who's living in the isolation that we all live in. Yeah, and that even just perfectly blends into just the financial aspect of raising right, kids. Right, right. Because with those communities became shared economies of someone can watch your children while yep. you work. And that's just, just different now. Right. So I would love to talk about that because that is a barrier for a lot of people yes. who are thinking yes. about children is the cost right. of children. Yes. So what do you think? Ooh, I will start by saying, boy, are there no easy answers. I don't know anyone, period, but especially people raising kids who aren't stressed about money. I mean, they, this is something that we all wrestle with. But one of the decisions that we made relatively early on in parenthood was to shift, you know, if you have a pie chart of what yeah. you spend your money on, to shift away from housing. And we have an expense that I really thought of as recreating the village expense. Mm -hmm. So we actually still live in a 1900 square foot three bedroom house, which in Texas is like, I mean, that might as well be a postage stamp. But for us, we decided that to minimize our housing expense and stay in the house, we, we bought it very, very cheap many years ago. And so to stay in that house, keep that expense pretty low, that enabled us to afford childcare. But eventually we found a gal who's just, she's kind of our house manager now. And, and I know some people see that and they think, oh, Jen must be rich. She has this, this gal who helps her. If we lived in a bigger house, we would not be able to afford that expense. I don't think that that is an optional expense these days. I would say that put that right up there with electricity and grocery. And you shouldn't feel guilty no. as a parent for needing and wanting right. help. Yeah. Right? Do you feel guilty for having electricity? Like, yeah. no, I mean, technically you could live without it, but we categorize that as a necessary expense. And I'm, I'm kind of on a one woman mission here to get people to rethink their family finances and start categorizing some sort of help in some form as a necessity and not as a luxury for rich people. And that's why it's so important to understand like what works for your family, yeah. because in the age of social media, yes. uh -huh. we see the big houses and all like the coordinated kids. Yeah. And I'm like, first of all, I can't even get my kids to <laughs> oh. <laughs> if they were coordinated <laughs> by the time we took the picture. Right. Someone would be messed up. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. With we have done Christmas cards where more than one kid did not have shoes on because it was just it was a bridge too far. It's like, do I'm it. done. Couldn't I'm do good. Yeah. This is what you're yeah. going to get. But in the age of social media where things are distorted, 
How do we break through that noise as parents or, or would-be parents to see what's the right path for us? Yeah. I am just going to be really honest. Uh, I don't know. Let me know if you find out. I've, just recently, I was I was struggling with that because I have my own insecurities and questions as a parent. I mean, I think having six kids, you know, ages eight to 16 has only taught me how little I know. And so I am susceptible to this. And I even have a social media presence. I know that you are not seeing the full picture, but I'll see someone else's family and I'm like, well... My entire life is wrong. I have made nothing but the wrong decisions. I should live in a house like this. My kids should be dressed like this. I should have done their education like this. So it's, it is a big struggle for me. And all I can do is take it back to let's look at what, what are the fruits? How is this working out for us? And do my kids seem to be okay? Do we seem to be okay? Is there harmony in my family? And if so, then I don't need to worry about what that influencer is doing that I follow. I can trust that this must be working out okay for us. You know, there's some really fascinating studies on decision fatigue and how it really saps you emotionally and mentally to just decision, decision, decision all day, every day. And this is what we're faced with when we're in this social media landscape where we constantly say, oh, this person's kids have violin lessons. Oh, this person, they have a Latin tutor. They do this. Oh, they homeschool. Seems like their kids are great. And so I I have to work every day to consciously reject that second guessing every single thing. What you feed your kids, you know, how much time they spend outside, what sports they're in. Okay, if it wouldn't impact our family 20-something years from now, then I'm going to try to let it go. Modern Life aims to give you the life and money knowledge you need so you can live the life you want. As part of our mission, we're proud to work with Year Up, an organization leading the movement to close the opportunity divide by ensuring that young adults gain the skills to reach their potential through careers and higher education. During the Year Up program, students participate in hands-on technical training in fields like information technology, business operations, customer support, and software development, paired with professional skills like networking, negotiating, and public speaking. Fidelity works with Year Up hosting interns to provide hands-on work experience and the opportunity for full-time employment. As part of its work with Year Up, Fidelity has contributed a one-time grant to Year Up's efforts. In honor of Modern Life, Fidelity has also committed to matching 100% of listener contributions. I want to encourage the Modern Life community to join the movement by visiting donate.yearup.org slash modernlife to learn more about Year Up's mission and contribute to their work. When it comes to your work, is there something, a misconception that you're trying to demystify or prove wrong or just educate people on when it comes to parenting? There 100% is. The environment that I grew up in, the, the social, cultural environment, said to women, if you have kids, get ready to let go of all of your talents, all of your passions, and get ready to be boring. There was almost this feeling of like, if you're having too much fun, you are probably not doing this the right way. That was so much in my mind that one of the reasons for a long time I I didn't think I wanted to have kids is, I don't know, to say it bluntly, I thought, well, I don't want to have a boring (laughs) life. And, And I found that the exact opposite is true. I mean, you know, when I did my stand-up comedy tour, I mean, my kids came with me to a lot of the tour stops. And because I planned this whole thing myself to putting it on personal credit cards, I didn't have staff traveling with me. So my 10-year-old daughter would do the sound check. My 12-year-old daughter would bring the rider about the lighting and be like, I don't know what these words mean, but my mom said to give it to you. And we've just done so many cool and interesting things, thanks to the fact that, that we have kids 
And so I think the single biggest misconception that I would love to transform in the minds of not only my fans, but society as a whole, is that life can be even more fun and just interesting when you become a parent. What I've also discovered as like a parent, as I've leaned more into my interest, is bringing them along. What people tell you is that your life now revolves around your children. And it's almost like you should have your children revolve around you and your yeah. interests. And that makes your life more enjoyable, which makes you a better parent. Yeah. And I think it's that's also just good leadership. I mean, we've mentioned that I'm, I'm really interested in how people were made to raise kids. If you look at all of human history and mothers were so busy with just the work of survival, like getting water was something that took hours a day in, in mm-hmm. a lot of human history. So mothers did not have the time to have everything revolve around the, the moods of their kids and what was going on. And I think it's actually a, a healthy healthier environment for a family, for the parents to really be leaders, say, this is this is what we're doing. This is the culture of our family. And I've noticed that kids really, I think it's comforting to them when they have parents who are leaders and saying, yeah, get on board. This is what we're doing. And it's going to be fun. And, and we're going to do it together. And I think that actually brings a lot of peace to everyone in the house. It's interesting because I think as working moms, we're going out into the world, we're making a living, but then we still have the responsibilities of being the mom and our oh, kids right. still want us as like mom. And so that balance for you, how do you maintain it? Like, how do you maintain that autonomy as being like the gen before the kids that, you know, and now? (laughs) Okay. I will say I don't always do it well. I want to get that out there. Like that tour I mentioned, everyone hears the success story of the tour and and it's fun to talk about. And it was great. I, I, I don't regret anything with the tour, but I was, I had a daily radio show two hours a day, live every day while I did that tour. And I look back and I say, Okay, I was gone too much. Like, I mean, in a way, the quarantine and everything was there was a, of course, hor- it's a horrible situation. But there was the side benefit of like, I needed to be off the road. And I needed to reevaluate and reconnect. And that's actually when I, I left that job because of that. Because I realized my life has been really out of balance for a long time. A, a friend of mine who has eight kids said that she thinks of balance as like, if you're trying to balance on a balance beam, if you've ever watched someone who's never done that before try to balance, they lean too far to this side, then they lean too far to this side and they're they go back and forth and that's what balance looks like in a family you will have times when you look back and say yeah I was working too much like that wasn't good and then maybe there are other times when you say I wasn't working hard enough I was using family stuff as an excuse not to move forward in this project that I'm blocked on and the name of the game is to just keep reevaluating be honest with yourself check in with your family and again take it back to am I close to my kids do they feel like they can talk to me or do they feel like they're my number one and if you've got that going on and you can eventually come back to that I I think it'll all work out yeah, I I think that's perfect because what I've started doing too, like as I've been going out, my kids are pretty young, but I started to tell them, you know, I'm going to work and I, I, I'm excited about it and I make sure to show that in my face because I think so many of us do grow up right. with parents who did not enjoy uh, what they did. Right. And I think like how beautiful is it that your kids get to see you doing something that you enjoy? Uh, totally. And I, I often think one of the greatest gifts we can give our kids is the gift of a happy mom, is the gift of a happy parent. Because I I think all of us saw growing up parents who were just unhappy. They were unhappy with their work. I think it's a real gift to your kids to take joy in what you do, bring them into it. And I want to speak to this perspective of this can be so fun and you can have a fun life and an interesting life and a joyful life in case there are women like me out there who just, they've never heard that. They didn't know that. They don't know it's an option. Okay. Jen, tell us what you're up to now. What are you working on? I am 
back on tour. So we're watching very closely to see what local recommendations are in terms of doing events. So in theory, I am back on tour, but I tell my fans, like, this is changing on a day-to-day basis, so keep checking back. For anyone who has had their life dramatically changed by quarantines, by lockdowns, I think you have to take whatever work that you did previously with before COVID and say, is there a way to translate this in this new world, in this new economy? And so for me, I went through a couple months where I was in abject despair when I realized I would not be touring anytime soon. That was our financial plan. That was my income. That was a big deal. But then I realized, well, I can still do comedy just on social media. And now I am so grateful for this because my fan base has, I mean, it's like 5x what it was. I mean, it is growing really rapidly. And that wouldn't have happened if I had never been locked down and I were just touring. So I think for anyone who has struggled with, they used to do one kind of work, it's really impacted by all of this. I I think that they can say, you know, is there a way to translate those skills in the new world? And you might be very pleasantly surprised by what you see. That's such good advice. Thank you so much, Jen, for joining us. Yes, it's been a pleasure. Let's hear now from Courtney Mays, a regional consultant and financial educator at Fidelity. She will share a few tips about how to approach parenting from a money angle. Thanks so much, Jamila. One of the most common questions I get from clients is how to educate their children about money. Here's what I recommend. Step one, talk with them about money. You could share your financial goals with them or talk about money decisions you've made. If you'd like some resources, there are activities for kids ages three and up on the Modern Life website. Step two, remember that higher education, such as college or trade school, can be incredibly expensive and comes quicker than we think. It's never too early or too late to start saving, and 529 college savings plan accounts can be a great way to do this. If you can, try to make small monthly payments and automate them over time. Two other ideas are to ask relatives to put contributions into the 529 education accounts rather than buying toys. Or if your kids decide to work before college, offer them some sort of matching program into their 529s. For example, for every dollar they contribute, you will match 50 cents. Step three, I am a firm believer in oxygen mask mentality. Make sure your retirement accounts are on track before you start funding anyone else's education. Our kids can take a loan for college, but we cannot take a loan for retirement. I know we want to do everything we can for our kids, but please remember that saving for retirement is for you and for them. For more tips and resources for your money and beyond, head over to the Modern Life website at fidelity.com forward slash modern life and make sure to sign up for the Modern Life newsletter for stories, tips, and resources delivered to your inbox every week. And that's our show this week. Thank you for joining us. Check out the show notes for the link to our website and to sign up for our newsletter. And make sure to hit that subscribe button to keep this show in your feed every week. Modern Life is hosted by Jamilo Sufra. Executive producers are Caitlin Durkin, Jake Horowitz, Josh Sr., and Evan Wolf-Boxbaum. We are produced by Noam Osman and Zoe Pressy. Modern Life is written by Elizabeth Leary, Ann Dowd, and Courtney Mays and edited by Noam Osmond. Our contributing editors are Rita Flannery and Mindy Hines. Our post-producer is Sydney Charvat. Modern Life was recorded and filmed at the Bridge Studio in Brooklyn, New York. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. 
Information provided in this podcast is general in nature, is provided for informational purposes only, and should not be construed as investment or tax advice. Views and opinions of the individuals noted are expressed as of the date of the recording and do not necessarily represent the views of Fidelity Investments. Any such views are subject to change at any time based on market or other conditions. Fidelity Investments disclaims any liability for any direct or incidental loss incurred by applying any of the information in this podcast. Consult your tax or financial advisor for more information concerning your specific situation. Fidelity does not provide legal or tax advice, and the information provided is general in nature and should not be considered legal or tax advice. Jamila Soufran is not employed by Fidelity Investments, but does receive compensation for her services. This podcast is intended for U.S. persons only and is not a solicitation for any Fidelity product or service. The third-party trademarks and service marks appearing herein are the property of their respective owners. GearUp and Fidelity Investments are independent entities and are not legally affiliated. This podcast is provided for your personal and non-commercial use and is the copyrighted work of FMR LLC. You may not reproduce this podcast in whole or in part in any form without the permission of FMR LLC. The trademarks and service marks appearing herein are the property of their respective owners. Fidelity Brokerage Services Member, LLC, NYSE, SIPC, 900 Salem Street, Smithfield, Rhode Island, 02917. Copyright 2021, FMR, LLC. All rights reserved.